Hi everyone, it's great to see you here at this CBC online service today. So good to have you with us. My name is Ellen Wilde. If you haven't met me before, I am a minister at Chichester Baptist Church and it's a real privilege to share some thoughts from God's word with you today. We are in week two of a four week mini teaching series that we're working through at the moment. And as Andy said in his welcome, we're thinking about prayer and wanting to think what it looks like for us as a community to grow in prayer at the moment. I find it fascinating that I've actually in theory got loads more time to pray in this lockdown time when I'm at home. All the usual uh, distractions, all the usual things that I might have used as an excuse aren't there at the moment. The gym that I go to is closed, my favourite coffee shop isn't open that I like to hang out in. I don't need to be mum taxi to my kids ferrying them around to all kinds of after school clubs at the moment. In theory I have more time to pray. And yet, in this strange season, many of us are finding prayer hard. And it's probably not a surprise, is it? There's been so much going on for us internally, so much disruption internally, that lots of us are finding it hard to have a rhythm in prayer. And there's no guilt there, of course, we need to be kind to ourselves in this strange time. But surely, surely in this season, it would be good if we could learn more about what it means to depend on God in prayer. So what we're doing is using the word pray as an acronym and taking each letter in turn over the next four weeks. We've got the idea from a book by Pete Gregg called How to Pray, a really good book. And we're looking at each letter in turn. Uh, P, which is pause, R, which is rejoice, A, ask and Y, yield. Last Sunday, Kent spoke to us about pause and how pausing is actually praying. And that was a really helpful message for us. And today we're thinking about rejoice and what it means to rejoice. One of the home groups read the passage from Acts 11 for us, which was great. It's really good to hear voices and see faces, isn't it? And we'll unpack that passage together in just a moment. So keep your Bible with you and have that open and we'll look at that together. It's worth just commenting before we dive into a particular passage in Acts, just how much prayer goes on in the book of Acts. This has struck me that all through the book of Acts, the early church are learning to pray. It's worth commenting on. If you look at just the opening chapters, in chapter one, there's prayer to replace Judas. In chapter two, prayer takes place in the upper room. Chapter three, there's prayer on the way to the temple. Chapter four, the believers pray for boldness. Chapter six, they devote themselves to prayer. Chapter seven, Stephen sees Jesus as he is praying and so on. If you look through all the chapters in Acts, there is usually some significant prayer going on. The early church were scattered. They didn't have a plan. They didn't know what God was doing. They didn't know what the future held. And in the midst of that, they prayed. And there are some similarities there and surely some lessons for us as we seek to learn more about prayer together. So rejoice. What does it look like? What does it mean to rejoice? Is it even okay to rejoice? In this season, there are terrible things happening. People are losing their lives. Some of us have lost jobs and have income worries. Many of us are concerned about the future. We're concerned about our family. I said in my message on Good Friday that this is a season for lament. 
where it's okay to own and acknowledge the difficulty that we find ourselves in and bring that to God in prayer. But as so often in the Bible, it's both and. Rejoicing doesn't negate lament. We're encouraged to do both. It's both and. As Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, some verses you might know. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There's something important here about rejoicing and thankfulness in this crazy and difficult time of crisis. Acts 11 comes at a really interesting time for the early church. This portion that we've read describes a decisive step in the Christian movement as it spread. In chapter 10, you might remember that Peter has a vision uh, which helps him to understand that the gospel of Jesus is for the Gentiles as well, not just for the Jews. Uh, the, the walls of the church open out to include everybody as he realises, as the early church realised that the good news of Jesus is for everybody. And now in chapter 11, we can track this new Christian movement all the way north uh, along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to the chief city of Syria in Antioch and have a look at verse 19 in our passage. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch spreading the word among the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. This came about because the church was scattered through persecution. Now, what God does in Antioch is actually really surprising. The church back in Jerusalem hear about it and they're, they're startled. This is unusual. And they want to investigate and they send a reliable and dependable leader. They send Barnabas. I love Barnabas. They send Barnabas to go and investigate what's happening. Verse 22, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And we're then told in verse 26 that uh, Christians were first called Christians in Antioch. It was verse 23 that stood out in my mind when reading this passage and thinking about this message. He saw what the grace of God had done and was glad. Barnabas saw what the grace of God had done and was glad. Barnabas was glad to see what God was doing in a time of scattering. Glad to see what God was doing in a new way, in a new place, at an unusual time. God was doing a new thing and Barnabas saw that. He saw the grace of God and he was glad. Now there are things going on for the early church that aren't our story and we have to be careful not to read into the text what isn't there for us today. You know, we are not scattered because of persecution, but we are scattered and we are scattered in a surprising way that's left us unprepared and we are feeling uncertain and we don't know what the future holds and we are uncertain about what God is doing and we don't know what it looks like to be church beyond our walls in this time. But Barnabas saw the grace of God and can be glad. And we can see the grace of God in this time and be glad. 
There are two things from this passage that stood out to me, thinking about our own situation. And one is just this idea that actually the grace of God is visible. Barnabas saw it. It was seeing the tangible sense of God's touch that made him glad. We can see the visible touch of God's grace in our lives and be glad. And the second thing is that grace and seeing grace helps us to be true to the Lord with all our hearts. Barnabas encouraged the believers to be true to the Lord with all of their hearts. That's what grace and seeing God's grace visibly does for us. It was suffering and difficulty that led to the establishment of this church in Antioch. The story of Jesus over and over again is that he takes suffering and difficulty and he brings from it good for his glory, touches of grace for his glory. Now God didn't cause this virus. He didn't bring about this virus. I don't believe that. But he does what he so often does and takes what is difficult and touches it with his grace for his glory. And there'll be things in this season, touches of grace that we can see and be glad. If we're to grow in prayer, if we're to grow in prayers of rejoicing and thankfulness and gratitude, it's about seeing the visible grace of God, being true to the Lord with all our hearts and being glad. I've asked three people if they might share really briefly with us this morning, what has helped them find joy and remain thankful in this season of difficulty? Have a listen to what they had to say. It's a sunny, breezy day here on the edge of Chichester Harbour and uh, it's very quiet because of the pandemic. So what, are we, what am I thankful for? Well, as a grandfather I'm very thankful that this pandemic is not affecting our children and young people hardly at all. That's a, a great mercy. I'm very thankful for the um, for the way that the, the environment is having something of a Sabbath rest as well. I'm very thankful for this technology and that we can be physically distant from one another and yet in some way uh, keep social contact. And I'm thankful that I'm, I'm a, a follower of Jesus Christ, that I'm in Christ, I'm very mindful of uh, Hebrews chapter 4, the end of Hebrews chapter 4, and I'll just show you, give you the last verse, you're very familiar with it. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I think this qualifies as a time of need, and so we can draw near to God through Jesus in prayer. That's amazing. Most of my normal commitments and interactions have just disappeared at the moment. So the usual kind of background noise of life um, has turned way down and I can start to appreciate all the good things that were there all along. Um, so I guess that's called headspace. Um, there's that phrase, the quieter you are, the more you can hear. And rather than just fill all that space back up again, um, dwelling on the things that are out of reach at the moment or just trying to be super productive... Um, 
I want to make the most of the opportunity that God's given me at the moment and allow this quietness and clarity um, in my mind because um, it feels like contentment and that leads to gratitude. I'm Naomi and I um, am one of the 1.5 million people that the government have asked to shield at the moment. So because of some previous cancer treatments, I have a weakened heart, weakened lungs and a weakened immune system. So that means I need to stay inside my house. I don't go out at all um, and no one can come into the house. So I'm very isolated at the moment. It can feel very bleak and it can feel overwhelming. So the idea of rejoicing can feel quite challenging at this time. For me, I haven't got this right always, but it's not about trying to ignore everything that's going on or deny it, but to choose to rejoice in spite of it, to choose to look for and find things to rejoice in, um, gifts and God himself. So I found things like the apple blossom on our tree outside that I have to confess I've never really noticed before. Normally at this time of year I'd be rushing around, I'd be out of the house. I found taking time to create new dishes and um, make new things and time to properly make food. I found the little things like the voice or the face of a friend over one of the many electronic ways that we communicate with each other. The unexpected delivery of my favourite flavour of ice cream by a friend. And choosing to open my Bible, choosing to remember that God is with me and to rejoice in the fact that even now when I'm away from everything and stuck here, I can still remember that I'm his child and he is with me and rejoice in that. It was great to hear from Tom Edom and Phil Adams and Naomi Sheldrake there. There were some common threads in their stories as well as some personal examples as well. Really, really good to hear from them. I want to summarise in just two headings, some application, as I think about what we can do in terms of cultivating thankfulness in prayer and rejoicing in prayer. And they are these two things, pray thinking big, and pray thinking small. Pray thinking big and pray thinking small. Pray thinking big. During lockdown, where the only headline on our news every single day is coronavirus, it can be so difficult to lift our eyes beyond that or imagine life outside of that. And we can get consumed with the immediate. And there's something about bigger, thankful prayers that can help us. In amongst all of the negative headlines, I'm sure you've heard about the story of Captain Tom Moore last week, a war veteran who was trying to raise money for the NHS by walking 100 laps around his garden before his 100th birthday. He was wanting to raise £1,000 and he's raised over £27 million. And I found it really moving when he was interviewed afterwards. And he said a really interesting thing in his interview. He said this, one day the sun will shine on you again and the clouds will go away. And I found it inspiring hearing that from a man of a hundred. And he's right. One day this will pass. There will be a brighter, hope-filled future. And in prayer, it's good for us to remember the bigger picture. God, you are sovereign. You are the God of the universe and you care. You are there. There is hope. I can trust in you. Pray thinking big and wide and broad can help us see the visible grace of God. 
and also pray thinking small. I'm finding so much joy in the smallest things that I used to take for granted. I didn't used to think anything of having a cuppa with my mum, who doesn't live that far away. And now I can't and I miss it terribly. And now I don't take for granted precious phone calls or strange FaceTime videos that I have with her. The people who shared said similar things, didn't they? Cherry blossom, the beauty of it seeing a friend at the end of the driveway, the, the benefit of technology and so on. I can see the visible grace of God when I think small and when I'm attentive to the small things, finding joy in the small things. In our family, we have started filling this jar and we've called it the back to front thankfulness jar. Now in the past we've had a thankfulness jar where we'd fill it with things that have happened in the day or the weekend that we were thankful for, we'd write them down and put them in the jar and then at the end of um, the month or the year we would tip it all out and read it together as part of an act of gratitude. And so we've got what we've called a back to front thankfulness jar and instead we're thinking about things that we used to take for granted little things, small joys that we used to enjoy that we can't at the moment and that we're looking forward to one day doing again and being thankful retrospectively for the things that we had that one day we will have again. So for example, um, this is one of, the, one of the things in the jar from one of my children going to a restaurant, looking forward to doing that again one day. Um, this is one of mine, having a haircut I've never taken having a haircut for granted before, but I am now, and I'm very thankful. I, I've, I was supposed to have a hair appointment this week, and I need it. I'm gonna look like Rapunzel when I see you all next. But I used to take it for granted, and now I don't. And another of my children is gonna be having a lockdown birthday soon, and wrote to have a proper birthday party. Things that we used to take for granted that we could just do, that suddenly the pleasure and the joy of them is going to be so much greater. Pray thinking small. Be attentive to God in the small things, in the small joys. I wonder if there might be something practical that you might like to do. You could talk about this perhaps with your home group, your small group if you're meeting this week. Ours is a jar, yours might be journaling or uh, thankful lists or some tangible way of recognising the visible graces of God in this season, helping us to be thankful and to be attentive to him in those things. Barnabas saw what the grace of God had done and was glad. The grace of God is visible. It helps us remain true to the Lord with all our hearts and we can pray thinking big and thinking small in gratitude and in thankfulness to him. God bless you. It's been really good to join together. Look forward to engaging with you over on the blog. Do leave some comments there if you'd like to. We're going to finish our service with a song that we've learned recently called The Goodness of God. And it's a brilliant response song in line with our theme today. He is and has been and will be faithful. He is good. God bless you.